Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? I'm confused. Where's the music? I, I, it's sometimes just easier for me to edit it in. Don't break the immersion. Okay. All right. Let's make sure that you're, you know, that you're doing the best out of all of us. Peter, you're going to sound like such a fool because the music just played and everyone's going to be like, Peter, what are you talking about? The music just played. No, I'm being honest with them, Mark. I'm being authentic. I want them to hear our experience and not just Owen's version of a hunky-dory world where everything's great. I'm not well, going to lie to our audience and tell them everything's fine when it's not. Peter, well, I live I in the world to... of post-production right now, so I heard the music, and I don't know what you're talking when about. When I have to cut out 10 very problematic remarks from Peter every single episode, I, they're hardly getting the most authentic recording. No, I don't think you're cutting them out. <laughs> I think you're just leaving them. Um, you've heard his voice, but do you know his story? Mark Gorski, how are you? Uh, I'm living the dream right now, Owen. Just just having good times out there. Are you? How so? Uh, cool little game came out. I've finished another game that uh, I have way too many hours in, so... Mark, you know. I've also finished it, and we can talk about it together tonight. Oh, we will. Don't hand you worry. But Walking and into I the fi- sunset. I, I've, I've been looking... Again, I, I know I've given my opinions on the what we've been playing, but uh, this is one where I'm actually looking forward to it, because I, you and I have a lot to talk about. Oh, we do. And if Owen has secretly been playing Engage, you know, Peter, he could probably talk about it this, as well. This but... is the day. This is the day I reveal it. <laughs> yeah. Did um, you listen to the episode you weren't on, Mark? You guys did an episode? Yeah. Oh, I was, I've been refreshing the feed for the past couple of days and I wasn't there and I assumed you guys just didn't. Oh, oh my God, Owen, it's not here. <laughs> I also didn't get a shit from a friend of mine where on Monday, if we don't put up a podcast, he goes and hate listens to a different podcast. And we yeah, oh, and it's not up. That other podcast. Uh, well, I have some investigation to do. Oh no! Um, it, it's it's made. I made the episode. I'll take care of this right now. I'll just cut. What's out the title of it? I'm curious. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait, is it? It's episode ninety-four. Yeah, not, mine is now showing that ninety-four is out. It's saying it came out February sixth. I bet you. There's like a calendar that I have to click on for when it's coming out. I probably hit the wrong day. I don't know why. When I saw number 94 below the one that Owen and I had done, I was like, oh, I remember that episode. I was like, oh, I don't remember this one, but it's beneath the one Owen and I did. So I must know what that is. I must have been on this one. But, but alas. Well, I'm glad that you didn't hear any of my Fire Emblem Engage opinions, so now we can just have a fully organic conversation. Okay. I mean, I've heard some of your opinions just over chat. Ivy's a good unit, Peter. She's fine at best. She dies way too much. I put Cantor on her, and I had the one bondering where she was basically Reinhardt from Heroes. So she just doubled with thunder, so I'd have her fly in from three distance where no one would counterattack her, hit twice for big thunder damage, and then fly away. You somewhere where no one can return. On her. What is that? Did you not use skill inheritance throughout the whole game, Peter? Don't answer that. We'll get to it later. I don't wanna yeah. Well I don't wanna talk about that now. <laughs> I changed the date. Unfortunately, no one's listened to it because of the Yeah, because yeah, I mean we'll just put it up. Um. Hey, all. 
you get two episodes for the price of one if you're just finding out that an episode actually came out. Um, How many people listen to 93? We don't need to get into stats right now. What, are we hiding our fuck? Oh, it's not like the IRS is listening in for our fucking tax returns while we're talking... No, 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 no. We that's that's for for us to know. The hundreds that. of thousands of you who listen every week know who you are. Um. All right. Officially back in the episode, the BNY Gaming Podcast is supposed to come out each Monday. We're an unreliable podcast. I I have to offer this apology it's every Mark's single fault. every single opportunity I can get, but. For being just some regular guys, just some regular dudes, we're almost some at 100 Some blue-collar Americans. We're almost at 100 episodes of a podcast. That's that's impressive. Um, Game Club. Mark, on the episode that you didn't know came out, Peter conceded. No more Rayman Legends. What? Yes, no I, more. I bought this game. I... <laughs> I was almost close. I mean, I'm I'm a bit conflicted about it. Hey, I beat the fucking game. If if we want to keep it, we can. Owen Owen literally said he will he will speak for you last week, and that's what he did. <laughs> well, what I, was I so said, close Mark. What I said was I will I will agree because Owen wants us to remove Rayman Legends, and what I said was. I will agree to removing Rayman Legends if we can consider XCOM War of the Chosen as the next Games Club game. Which I agree to wholeheartedly. I would agree to that too, if we can just throw it in there. Um, Even though Peter has played the game already, which is opening the, it, uh, a new door for games it then, does officially. open the door, in which case the conversation proceeded to, well, Mark has played Metroid Prime. Oh, but, uh, I'm okay for now. Let's have, I'm okay with changing the rule of if if only one person has played a game, then we can do it. Okay, I think I think that's acceptable. Because if two of us have, then it's like, what are we doing here? The only way I will be against this is if like we do it for a, like a year goes by and we keep picking games that I have played, but you guys have not. Like, well, I'm absolutely down. Is, uh, it, you have to be in agreement to like want to replay a game you have just played so many games that th that's what we continually run into mm -hmm. that's like if it was like every other game totally fine with that but if it's just like we do a several months uh coming to a year of games club and i have not played a game for games club i've only replayed a game for games club i'd feel weird about that i but we'll cross that bridge I really want Games Club to, while while we've had the open conversation of it, it broadens our horizons and we all get to experience something together, I want to play great games for it. And mm -hmm. uh, I, bet, I bet we could track down the first list we ever made of brainstorming Game Club games. And that list fucking sucks. We had like Assassin's Creed games on there. What were Which, we thinking? I think it'd be fun still at some point to be like, hey, we're taking a dip into Assassin's Creed. We've all played some Assassin's Creed, but there's certainly 
Mark, certain flavors of it we have not yet like if we all played syndicate i think that would have been cool still granted i I think it's on the same tier as rayman legends where it's like this is something maybe we weren't going to play we know a lot about maybe we can have something to say about it except rayman legend almost killed game club for a second because we just weren't playing it and i just don't i don't want to pick games that are going to like make one or multiple of us like fall out of love with games for a time period that was no that no, just happened no. with you and rayman all right oh, that was just oh, you I are you kidding me are you kidding peter do you ever when you were playing control guys how many times do i was talking about control how many times do i was talking about what was going uh, but, on but, control? yeah you're pointing fingers here yeah sure but like uh, the game contributes to all that like sure you had other shit going on we uh, we're always oh and if you want if we want to run the numbers of which one was doing work was contributing more and they're not going to be close um peter mental health isn't real you just didn't want to play control wow that really sucked the air yeah i I wanted (laughs) i really want i wanted to just sit that was supposed to be a joke everyone we're gonna keep sitting on that. Yeah, I've got nothing to be ashamed of. You're the one who said it. So, BNY Gaming Podcast every Monday. In theory, let's get into our first topic, and this is a Peter Gorski staple. And it's I I like I like when this gets brought to the table because it's it's almost a an icebreaker for the podcast. It just gets in the flow. Well, we know how much you and Mark secretly fucking hate each other, so I figure I got to do something to make it seem like you guys can get along. So, well, uh, by putting that us be... in heated competition. What would that heated competition be? Oh yeah, that's right. Welcome, hey everyone, welcome to another round of indie or bullshit. Now, if you haven't heard this game before, it's quite simple. I give my two lovely co-hosts two titles. One of them is a real indie game. One of them is the bullshit title that I made up. Mark has won both of them so far that we've done. Mark, can and you confirm this? I'm I'm not sold on the last one. I don't remember how that one went down. I'm pretty sure I did win both of them. Oh, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, we've done. This is the third into your bullshit. This is into your bullshit three, and so far Mark has won both. Mark, are you ready? I look forward to these every time just to see if there's just a couple indie games where I'm just like, oh, I knew that. I wanted to play that. And you say, I know. And I said that to Owen before you got on is I worry that you would just be like, oh, Jason Schreier talked about this one game five people played. It was his fourth game out of this game of the year list. It was great. We will be messaging our answers to Peter separately. And then he will present the results. Are you guys ready? We are ready. I'm almost ready. I just want to say. Just tangent. Jason Schreier just casually tweeting out Octopath Traveler Two, one of the best JRPGs he's ever played. I've just, I've been I've been looking at those tweets. Well, Eyebrows are raised. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about it later. Maybe maybe I can persuade you. But Peter, I am ready to start some indie. Oh, are you ready? Bullshit. I'm ready. All right. Question one: Who stole my alien? Or the spirit and the mouse? Who stole my alien? Or the spirit and the mouse? Who would own an alien? Um, who would steal one? I've sent my answer in. 
I know. I see Owen's mark. Remember, it's Messenger, not Discord. Oh, God damn it. We do this every time, Mark. Discord's like right in front of us. No, but I it just doesn't work as well. It's a slower it, app. It doesn't it work as well. makes sense that we would use the thing sitting right in front of us. It I got to open a whole other window. It, may, it makes more sense for me to use Messenger because it's on my phone. And exactly. My, on my, my, my computer, on my phone. My computer has a whole bunch of stuff going on. I don't want to mess up any of it. Yeah. It's, I have the notes on my phone, so I just... I'm right there. I definitely got this one wrong. I'm just going to announce that. Mark picked the spirit and the mouse. Owen also picked the spirit and the mouse. That's the correct answer. You both get a point. Fuck yeah. yeah. I know indie games. You did not know that game. No, but I just I trusted that who stole my alien is not real. Uh, I'm Mark, I'm pretty I, sure I, I, I'm I'm fairly certain Peter is at the point where he's finding like switch or steam shovelware that he's picking. Mark, up. Uh, for most of these I went to like an indie a list of indie games from like August of 2022. Just be like just I have to be so out of the like potential of memory for you that you won't just be like, "Oh, I played that game." We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to hit something eventually. Question two. One hell of a ride or forever and always. One hell of a ride or forever and always. Fairly certain I know this game. The one that is real. Mark picked one hell of a ride. Owen picked Forever and always. The correct answer is one hell of a ride. Fuck. Hey, I've definitely heard that title before. Someone talk about it. I'm going to put a, a face to a name here. One hell of a ride. What kind of game is this? Is are this going really, to do this now? Or? Okay, just Googling it wasn't easy enough. I'm seeing a song called this, so this is just not... We're not looking into it now. Sorry. So far, it's two to one, Mark. Question three. Pick the carrot. Or infinite guitars. Pick the carrot. Or infinite guitars. Neither of these sound real. My answer is in. Mine too. Mark, you picked... Pick the carrot. Owen, you picked. Pick the carrot. You're both incorrect. I should have guessed. I could God damn it. I Number four. Tied it back up. Unusual findings. Or take me with you. Unusual findings. Or take me with you. I'm a bit shook by some of these. I won't lie. I, I wanted this to be the hardest one yet because Owen called me out of my alliterations last time, and I took it. I took it the heart. All right, Owen, you picked. Take me with you, Mark. You picked unusual findings. Mark is correct. It is unusual Fuck. findings. 
Let's oh, go. I have Owen. I've got him this time. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Number five. A trip to Dragon City or Frank and Drake. A trip so, to Dragon can City. Can you spell Frank and Drake? Frank and Drake. I w- Mark. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Let me say it one more time. A trip to Dragon City or Frank and Drake? Mark picked a trip to Dragon City. Owen picked Frank and Drake. Owen is correct. Frank what and Drake hell? is the answer. Yeah. I need to Google this. What the hell is Frank and Drake? It's two, it's two names. They could be friends. They could be lovers. They could be enemies. It's you know? not out yet. This game isn't I, a real game yet. I thought it was spelled Frank and Drake, as in like Frankenstein. That's what I thought first, too. That's why I asked Peter to spell it, and then he says Frank, Frank and Drake, and I'm just like, okay, that's that's ridiculous. That's He was thinking of Drake and Josh. <laughs> I took the Dragon City, Drake and Josh. Frank and Drake. Would it be both of them? Like, Peter, this should not be allowed. This is a game that's not coming out yet. It's not I out. I will admit, that's fair. I did not notice. But, but I, I it, found a list. It was, it was a... That we went through the question, and I got it right. Yes, no, no, it's done. This, that is this my, that game... Is, could be canceled. It may not ever actually exist, so it may as well just be bullshit. If it never Mark, you're up, but you're you're up at four right now. It's one, you know. You okay. just want the rich to get richer and the poor to get poorer. Next question. There's a dog in this game that has wheelchair legs. He's up by two. Uh, well, his full points are four. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Number six. Oh, Frank and Drake are roommates. Okay, I Peter, don't... continue. Never-ending symphonies, or she dreams elsewhere. Never-ending symphonies. This one's easy. Or she dreams elsewhere. The first easy one. You both picked she dreams elsewhere, and that is correct. Why was that easy? I've heard that in the game before somewhere. I've heard uh, Blessing on Kind of Funny talk about it for probably about two years at this point. I've never. I again. I you guys know me. If it's an in the game, it's one in one ear out the other. Got some strong aesthetic here. Ooh, got some Undertale vibes. Wow. Number seven, the final one. Friends versus friends, or an angel in hell. Friends versus friends, or an angel in hell. I'm just trying to catch up as much as I can, even though I already lost. Oh, and you picked Friends versus Friends. Mark, you also picked Friends versus Friends. You're both correct. It's Friends versus Friends. I was for the specifically Frank and Drake and that one. I was specifically trying to pick like the one that my gut doesn't say because maybe that means Mark will be picking the other one and if he were to be wrong then I could make up ground and it worked on Frank and Drake at least and and Frank I didn't think I would get you guys with pick the carrot but that game just knocked you both on your asses what was what was its uh the name it was against again 
infinite guitars that like I don't know. I don't know why I picked picked the carrot. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to get like used to like names that sound like something Peter would make versus other titles. Like I'm starting to catch a distinct. Well, uh, Owen said that last time, and then this time very much showed that I've caught on to how Owen sees my answers. Well, again, the problem, Mark, is you listen to so many like indie or at least like gaming podcasts where people love indie games, whereas, I mean, Owen, Owen's a fucking, you know, he's a barbarian when it comes to indie games. He doesn't know indie games from AAA or AA games. He just, you know, they're video games to him, you know, mm-hmm. where and me, I just I actively refute indie games. So all of these sound brand new to me. If you, all of my answers would be fake for all of these. None of these sound real to me. I feel like I see more about indie games on either like Nindy Directs, Twitter, and TikTok. Those are the three spots I see the indie you, games you that no one talks indie about. Indie games on TikTok? Yes, oh, a lot of the dude. accounts I follow on TikTok is specifically people promoting indie games and highlighting some weird smaller stuff. I've I've fully quit TikTok, but there were some cool uh, indie game teams that would make some pretty pretty cool content. Hmm. Um. And then the game would always come out, and I would think, ah, oh, the, the one I saw on TikTok, I'll check that out. And then I will see it for like two seconds, and it's like, ah, oh, actually, do I want to check that out? I don't know. Oh, um, definitely. Like, I feel a similar way. The stuff I put in my wish list I see on TikTok just because I don't want to forget about it. But either A, a lot of the stuff hasn't come out yet. B, you get a Choo Choo Charles, and it's not great. I, or C, I just think I just still would rather play a bunch of other games before I try this thing. I remember one that I was following pretty early on in this podcast. It's called Omno and it actually like came to game pass and I played like 20 minutes of it and it just felt like I was playing like a, a prototype, um, like a, a well-polished one. But what I, what I mean by that is it was a small dev team and, they put together this nice, like, pretty functional and entertaining small game. And it, it felt like the type of game that you make when you want to prove to other developers that you're capable and you want to get hired. Maybe maybe that was a fully wrong assessment. And there's someone who listens to this where, where Omno is their favorite game. But that that was the energy I was getting from some of these TikTok games I was following. Well, everyone, that's been uh, round three of Indie or Bullshit. So far, it is 3-0 Mark. Will that ever change? We don't know. Well, Owen will never be 3-0 at this game, so... Well, I, uh, will you ever... Well, really, just fucking stick the knife. I'm just correcting you, Peter. Like, will it ever be this way? Like, I just can't. It only can be this way. You don't even know what you're saying right now. I... <laughs> Um, I'm just confident here I I want you to know within the past month or two I had a friend or she's like religiously into indie games and not like AAA not the mainstream stuff and I I had to be insulted I had the gall to say I think I might know more indie games than you and then she proceeded literally an hour and a half to two hours of our night was just her listing indie games and many of them I had never heard of before but Did she, she listen going... to the podcast? No. Okay, good. 
Um, and I was falling asleep towards the latter half of her just listing games that I was not How following. Yeah, I, I specifically said, I give up, you win, I admit defeat an hour ago, but she just kept going. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, what, what point are you trying Warhammer. to prove at this point? Um, Peter, yet another wonderful addition. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one thing I, <laughs> I had a whole transition teed up and I realized like, oh wait, it, it was too fixed in the context of me making fun of Mark for not knowing what he was saying. So because I'm bringing it back up now, I can say, well, we've learned this past week that words matter. And Mark, you want to talk about the term JRPG? Yes. So guys, when we think of JRPGs, what do we think? Peter, I want you to go first. What's a JRPG to you? A JRPG to me. I guess that we're walking in a, through a minefield now after, you know, we, we woke up in a new world this morning. <laughs> but to me, a JRPG is an RPG that is made in Japan. And, and that's it? That's where it ends? Well, typically, you know, J- like JRPGs are like 104, like 100 plus hours. Uh, jeez, oh my god, Mark, I feel like you're, you know, you're asking for my hand in marriage. Um, we're, god damn it, it's a video game podcast, I should have a better answer to this. Owen's gonna have this really, Owen's gonna have, like, this 30-page elegant answer, and I'm just gonna be like, I don't, don't eat the fucking game, and that's why Owen hates podcasting with me. <laughs> uh, now, I, okay, JRPG, typically RPGs. Typically made by Western devs, Western plus hours, Western or Jap. <laughs> okay, can we? Can I talk for a second? Talk. Uh, okay, talk, please. Can I? Something that confuses me. Ever since, fun fact for those listening: during COVID, I taught myself real geography. We all had our hobbies, or not like you know things we learned or activities we attempted. Mine was world geography, and I know now. I now know world geography very well. Whenever we talk, whenever in the games industry people talk about, or not even just the games industry, like whenever anyone's like, I'm not going to get into serious topic. It's I'm just using referring it as an to the West. Is that what yes. you're about to yes to address? Because whenever like there's conflict in Europe, it's like, oh well, there would be say like, oh Russia versus the West, or like Japan is with the West. I'm like, what's the West? Like, well, what I I'm always confused by this. Like, I, why this is, is the- how I've always thought of it. I actually have an answer here. If you look at a flat map, we're on the western side of that map. What's this like? Are, but is is that how we're doing this? Like, I I think I mean that's that's what's always made sense to me. Although, like, that uh, a lot of people don't seem to know what to like refer to Europe generally as. Like like Europe doesn't get a direction. We get the West. Um, we never Asia call like Russia and China the East. We're just the West. I've seen some people refer to China as Eastern. Yeah, but... I've also I've also seen Japan referred to as Eastern. M- motherfuckers, who? Which of us listens to BBC every day of his own free will? I, I it's me. 
I I don't care what the BBC has to say. All I what I just oh. said is that what I just said oh. is that Europe Jeez. doesn't have a direction. <laughs> you okay? You're acting. I did not just refute all of that. I'm refuting the people called Japanese the East. I've never heard or like J- J- Japan the East. I've never heard this. Yeah, no, they they talk about like Eastern cultures and stuff. I've I've heard that. Never heard it. Never heard it. All right, I guess BBC is just wrong at what they're doing. Well. The, it's it's all depending on how you I'm, choose Owen, I'm to agreeing. talk. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you, Owen. You don't have to swing. You've already won. You're just putting too much into uh, the the corrupt news media. Yeah, I know. I just I like my I li- I like being indoctrinated. Anyways, uh, yeah, flat map. That's how I think of it. We're flat Western. Earth. Yeah. Okay. I bring this question up because well, are you, you going to ask me what <laughs> I think of JRPG? Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. You don't know what you're talking about. I, I interpreted you like don't know what it is. I interpreted you saying flat maps, like oh, that's what Owen <laughs> thinks of JRPGs. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, no, that's not how that works. But no, I will extend the question. Owen, tell me what a JRPG is in your own words. So I, I've been, I've been thinking about this, seeing the Twitter discourse, and I. I associate some of the things that Peter mentioned, like long game. I typically think it's in an anime art style. I typically mm-hmm. think grinding will be involved. Um, and Why couldn't I think of these simple things when I was asked this question? I knew the topic going into the episode. I just completely shot the bed. And those are probably the main qualities I think of. And then going a little bit deeper, which will get more into the actual question at hand, is I do think of them as distinctly different from what I label as just a baseline RPG. And I know that that's that's where part of the controversy stems from. But... Mm -hmm. I think of a Western RPG as being something that is much more from Dungeons and Dragons lineage than it is similar to what I think of as a JRPG. Um, Mm -hmm. Because JRPGs, while there's often stats and stuff, I never, I never feel like I'm taking on a role. I feel like I, I am playing these defined characters. And when I'm playing defined characters, I don't feel as much of that RPG pull. Um, but we can, we can break that feeling down a little bit more as, as you get more into it here. Okay. I feel a similar way, Owen, where like if I'm to define what I think a JRPG is, it's like a very specific flavor of RPG is what it is, um, where I do think there is a certain tone that kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of these stories and the way certain characters behave. I think of a more traditional RPG kind of pulling back to like Super Nintendo times where you have a Final Fantasy VI or a Chrono Trigger, very traditional turn-based. There's a lot of grinding running around and the music is always good. Those are key points to a jrpg to me but of course i bring this up because it came to everyone's attention uh earlier today that yoshi p in an interview because final fantasy 16 is going crazy with uh some early demos and interviews with the directors uh where they specifically said that they think uh the term jrpg is kind of more of a derogatory thing or at least at the very least was at a certain point in the industry when people saw talked about jrpg was talking down that 
uh, over at Square Enix and other Japanese studios, whenever people would hear the term JRPG, it was always in a more uh, derogatory context or something is kind of less than, um, which is news to me. I had never thought anyone was kind of saying that before. And I don't know, how, like, this is like the day of this kind of discourse. Uh, and I wonder what kind of mileage this is going to have. Like, is this like the beginning of a long-term effect? Are people going to try to kill the term JRPG? And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Like, is this brink of news, a small nugget of news here, uh, enough to really snowball and kill the term JRPG? I don't think so. I'm sure. I'm sure there are people in the games industry that will try to kill it that will also come with very drastic accusations and and then we'll have an episode here questioning how we got to this point in society um but i think there are there are things to consider about this i don't really know the origins of the term because i would have always just assumed like it was always the case like back back when all the old school final fantasies came out people in the know would, would have referred to them as jrpgs like i i don't understand why they wouldn't have apparently that isn't really the case but um i don't doubt that some people used it derogatorily um and i also don't blame the devs in Japan kind of at, at the very least viewing it with an eye roll because it is very, it is very Western centric in that like, Oh no. Well over here we have RPGs, but you guys make the JRPGs. So we, we want to make that defined difference because whatever you're making over there is some foreign version of our RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see why that would be like somewhat insulting and them thinking like motherfuckers, like we, we made games like mm-hmm. without, without Japan games are nothing pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, like his name is Shigeru Miyamoto. His name, his name isn't Shigeru Johnson. He's not raised in Wisconsin, you know, like gaming, the heart of gaming, the biggest face in gaming all come from fucking japan yeah so like the feeling of like why are our games being othered especially when that term came on the scene i that makes sense to me but also what what yoshi p said in the interview is that like uh i'm paraphrasing here but what he said basically amounted to well it's become ubiquitous like it's just the term that is used now it's a, it's a genre more than anything uh but there's some interesting things to look at here like I, I saw some people getting called out for for in the past referring to a game as like two japanese which i mean doesn't look good in text but there there are points where i feel like i know what that means and i don't mean it mm-hmm. insultingly like i what, mean I'd say I'm I'm guilty of that, even on this podcast where uh, I've talked we, about. We've definitely said that yeah. before. Yeah, we've definitely uh-huh. said it. I can look at a lot of the times I'm talking about like 
the parts of like Fire Emblem and Xenoblade that I really don't like, where they can kind of be weird and they want you to date a 16 year old. And that way I say like, this is kind of Japanese because a lot of Japanese games offer this kind of thing. And it's a cultural reason for that. And I don't necessarily mean it as like some racially disparaging thing, but at the same time, more than you have. As yeah. we've been talking about 13 every I mean, look, go back to some of those early episodes we talked about 13 Sentinels. Oh, and I mm-hmm. would bring it up a lot. Mm-hmm. And it there there's like different levels to it. Like I view something like uh I saw viral videos of of a live Splatoon concert. And it's just this thing that is totally foreign to me. That's something I would I would classify as too Japanese and that like I don't think I would be on board if I was there because, like, that's that's not how I act. But it's like, fine. imagine there was a Splatoon concert in Memphis, Tennessee. It just one the, that's one the for the history. Would be books. burned to the ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I th- I think these type of conversations come up and they feel a little more acceptable because our cultures are drastically different and that's all we're trying to communicate well at least whenever we say it i don't know if mm-hmm. anyone else is trying to do anything more with that um and that goes for the rpgs as well they're they're drastically different games and it's just an easy catch-all term mm-hmm. for return for referring to those games so i yeah i just feel like we shouldn't overreact to this interview I think everything's okay, uh, but I'm curious if you guys have more thoughts on it. I, I definitely agree with you in the sense, like it's just kind of something we kind of are casually referring to and have been. Because like I look at the the whole subject of video game genres and putting names to those is a whole nother can of worms that it's kind of weird where people kind of landed on some of the names we still use, like when it comes to Metroidvania, because it was games that were like Metroid and Castlevania. And then there's rogue likes where it's literally, there was a game called rogue and people are pointing at like, Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of like rogue. And that's just the genre. <laughs> and this uh, is another flavor. It's like, it's just so many RPGs of the 16 bit era that I felt like all were chasing a similar kind of, like format similar systems that you're kind of engaging with that everyone's like oh these kind of games they're jrpgs there were other rpgs at the time that were on like computer like crpgs but those ones were way more complicated i want to say not like extremely not user-friendly at the time like they had a lot of depth to them but you had to really engage with the systems to really get into them where i think here's a question i think would be interesting to answer Hmm. um and we don't have the research capabilities of finding it right now. But I wonder if the original Fallout was just called an RPG and then it was later called a CRPG. Uh, does C stand for classic? What does it stand uh, for? Com- computer RPGs, CRPG. Computer RPG. Interesting. Which also I don't think rolls off the tongue as much as JRPG. No, not at all. But if you say CRPG, I still know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, Jeff Grubb tweeted out earlier today. Like his take was just like, I feel like people like JRPGs, and people hear CRPG, and like that's some nerd shit. We like JRPGs instead, and like just don't want to get involved with that stuff. Which 
I would partially agree with. I feel like people could look at a lot of CRPGs and be like, yeah, I'm not going to learn how to play that game because that's going to take too much out of me. I just want to play JRPG. Way simpler. I've played something like this before. Or I feel like, Peter, would you ever play something like Divinity Original Sin? Under no circumstance. Would you, would you see yourself more likely to play Final Fantasy X? Nice linear The answer is more likely. Yes. Mm, okay, yes. I don't know anything about FF10, so I'll just say yes. It oh, is... wait, that's the one with the laugh that when we were kids, everyone's like, look how cringy it is. But as we get older, we hear the context, and it's not cringy. Mm-hmm. Also, if you've heard the Japanese version of it, it's even funnier. So it sounds like a crow is cawing when the guy is laughing. It's very funny. But, um, yeah, and that's I feel like there's a lot of people in the same boat as Peter, where I feel like someone would look at that game and be like, absolutely not. I'm not taking the time to learn that. Uh, but JRPGs are way more approachable. And I think they've kind of developed that kind of identity to them. And whether or not we called them Japanese by name or something else to kind of identify them, I think people would still stick to that because like that kind of game has kind of built its own identity over the years. And no, obviously no one is trying to say this disparaging thing when they're labeling it this way. But uh, I think there's a reason it has a name that speaks more to any sort of disparaging comment. I mean, it's catching so many people off guard. I think that says something in and of itself of, of where this name is. I just hope uh, people don't don't start like boycotting this name right now because, like, like quote unquote boycotting this name, but because that that would be a bit annoying. I don't well, think the problem's I, like extremely there. I wouldn't put it past anyone. I I think there's there's a wider cultural thing mm-hmm. to acknowledge here uh that i don't i don't like how western centric all conversation has become in the sense that like especially on political fronts the differences in other cultures just like aren't being recognized whatsoever everything is going under the lens of of what we think is politically acceptable in america Mm -hmm. um which i I mean it just leads to some infuriating conversations Uh, we didn't give much air to the stuff going on around like something like atomic heart but you can't demand a Russian developer speak out against their government because they're in Russia. (laughs) Like that's not the country where you can just do that. Mm -hmm. And very different. uh, Like when, when we talk about um, even, even here's one thing we can be guilty of with the uh, two Japanese uh, comments that is on on one hand us just acknowledging of like this is something that is so not a part of our culture that that it like kind of took me out of it which is fine i i think that's fine to be the case but that doesn't our issue is that we feel like that we we speak about them as if that makes them inferior yes and that that shouldn't happen yeah we were guilty of that and we shouldn't do that um but uh, I don't think we should 
wipe away the reality that like yeah uh america and and western societies in general we have a very different culture from japan that's one reason why so many americans find japan so fascinating because it's like not like how we live here at all that's okay and they make video games that have a certain flavor to them and we have a term to refer to those games so well let's not let's not overreact i don't i don't think any boycotts need to happen because um, yeah because those i don't know if you noticed those do really well yeah uh, well i mean the last thing we need is like a bunch of right wingers like putting jrpg on hoodies just so that they can own the lips like th- that doesn't terrible. need to happen um, <laughs> if, if only they knew like if they just put like jrpg characters the can of worms that they're actually opening the things that they'd be putting on their sweatshirt i think the daily wire guys would turn to acid if they had to wear any jrpg merchandise <laughs> imagine just a leer fire emblem is on one of their sweatshirts <laughs> ben Blue shapiro would hair. break out in a rash if he ever had to do that mm-hmm um, speaking of atomic heart I real quick say, speaking of ben shapiro <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> um the fact the, the atomic heart banned for sale in ukraine at the idea that buying this game might be oh, supporting okay. the war funds in now uh, let me Russia. this is where i will chime in because this has been discussed for months now and now that we're at the release date we're now here i want to say this so carefully but also bluntly i support ukraine fully mm-hmm. give them whatever they need take back all the territory nato eu membership helping rebuild absolutely all mm-hmm. of those things and more welcome uh-huh. to the west is what i say <laughs> that being said okay oh Guys, what's he going to say? Russia is not going to win or lose the war, depending on the sales of fucking Atomic Heart. All right. Can we all. But what if we... what if Putin tweets about it? Well, then, Mark, I think Mark will get a point in the BNY game of predictions. He might. <laughs> yes. I don't know. But I've, apparently I have to look it up. I was listening to a podcast. Apparently she was on some sort of podcast. JK. Rowling. That doesn't get, that's not your prediction. It. That doesn't it's, matter. It's maybe I get a quarter of a point. I don't know. No, like, you don't. It happened well, after and it wasn't a tweet. Like, no, we'll, she's she. We'll talk about daughter. it. No, we'll talk about anyway. it later next year. Like, again, the people, it's just there's. There's a disconnect for me. There really is. Where it's just, oh, if you buy, if you buy Atomic Heart, you support Atomic Heart. You're supporting the Russian war machine. I can't stress enough how abundantly untrue I believe that to be. And that's just, I don't want to say bizarre because again, we're in a, there's a war over there right now, life or death for Ukraine. There exi- the the idea of them existing as an independent country is on the line. I can say we can all say we understand what they're going through. We don't understand. We will never understand. We will never. Well, the time like we will never. We live in a country that will probably never see a foreign country invade or attack us for the rest of its existence, and we just won't. So let's not act like, oh, yeah, rural solidarity. I know what you're going through, because we don't. But 
I don't know. Like this isn't it's, like if the if the fucking like if the oligarchs behind the Wagner Group were the ones who produced this game, then sure, stick it to them. But it's just a couple guys making games. They don't have any connections to like whenever anyone brings up. Why am I fucking Tencent? Whenever anyone brings up Tencent, there are direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese government. There, they are a lot more valid. There's A to B to C. You can do the "It's Always Sunny" red dots on the board. It's there. You don't have to be a conspiracy. There's, it's just it, there. And it's it's, open. it's not only there. It's also like a concerted effort of economic expansion and potentially access to our data being used for potentially nefarious things and same with whenever the same with the saudis whenever it's announced that oh they've invested another two percent in this company or they bought snk that's also open you know where that's going you know what that is they're not even trying to hide it whereas atomic heart if someone can show me evidence that these guys were just seen in the kremlin then by all means don't buy atomic heart but as far as I can tell, and also I don't think they've had any pro-war statements. They have ever put uh, they, out. They they've mm-hmm. been very vague because, guess what? They're in Russia. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're in Russia. Either they mm-hmm. say, I mean, again, if they're against the war, they have to flee the country in like twenty-four hours, or they are put in a gulag, or they are sent to the front lines in Ukraine to die. Like that's. That's the reality. So not the Russian gulag. What? I said not the Russian gulag. That's all. Just but fearing just, the, just fearing yes, the idea I, of what the gulag is. I know. I know. I'm, I'm trying to walk away from this, and you're bringing me back into this. Okay. <laughs> just again, I again, everyone. Tensions are high. Emotions are raw. There's already enough people in Russia to point the gun at. You know, there's already enough Russia to be like that, them, there, and that, them. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Aim the gun at them. Don't, again, just like the person who watched the Xbox game conference last year saw this cool looking game and thought, I'm going to spend it. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy this game. All of a sudden, you have a bunch of people with Ukraine flags and their fucking Twitter bio. And they're like, how dare you support the war them, machine? Calling it's them like, a warmonger. Yeah, exactly. Them. Calling them a warmonger. Like, you're the reason that, again, it's just like, you're the reason Mario has been taken. And it's like, again, Russian. Vladimir Putin is a bastard. Pregozov of the Wagner Group, bastard. Kadyrov of Sheshna, bastard. They're all bastards, okay? They all deserve what will maybe come to them one day. I hope Russia loses. I hope Ukraine wins. Let's stop the circular firing squad, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Because a lot of people who probably support you and want you to win just happen to be innocently buying this game with no ill intentions. And their purchase is also not going to be going to the funding of cruise missiles that are going to be sent towards Kiev. That's just not what's going to happen. And if Ukraine, as they have, wants to stop the sale of the game, fine. Yeah, that I don't. I think that's totally totally fine. Totally reasonable. If um, anyone yeah. has a reason to do that, I think they got a good yeah. enough reason. It'd be like if, if, if like the Netherlands were like, "We're not selling this game." And it's like, I mean, I guess I'm like, you technically good, but it's like they're like, playing the long game to get it on Ukraine's good side. Is what it is. They'll see that and be like, "Oh, thanks for that. That we that meant a lot to us that you didn't sell Atomic Hearts." 
I was I was going to ask, are Game Pass subscribers contributing yeah, to well, Vladimir Putin's war? Yeah, no, we are. We're warmongers. Well, Mark, I don't know if you've been I don't know if you've noticed I've been slipping and sliding as I sit here because there's just so much blood on my hands from mm. my from my Xbox Game Pass subscription. And yeah. I don't know what to do about it. I'm and and honestly, you know what? That I mean it's it's lo- what we always talk about of how you basically can't support anything and have a good conscience about it. Like uh, there's mm-hmm. probably plenty of blood on all of our hands by by this logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, like I bought, every, I bought like a battle pass. Artic- like, hey, every article of clothing you have is probably made by some child in a southern Asian country who has never seen natural sunlight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh-huh. how much Nestle product have we all consumed in our lifetime? Okay, okay, but here's the argument: if we were a big enough, if we were a bigger podcast, here's the response you would get: well, you don't need to play a video game you need food and clothing and on the surface yeah, that's a good point that's a fair point mm-hmm. I guess it is a very good that. point uh, yeah i'm not i'm not sure how great of a point it is though oh and come on like what are you gonna say that, that if you don't get to play hogwarts legacy you're just gonna jump off a bridge like no no i i'm not saying that it's it's their response is like you dumb motherfucker! There, the whole no ethical consumption other ca- under capitalism only relates to things you need. It's like, since when does it only relate to things you need? I've never heard of it only relating to things you need until, until we started talking about Hogwarts Legacy. I'm not saying only. I but I still think that's a valid point. Where it's like. I mean, yeah, technically, you don't need to play every video game. You know, you don't need every piece of entertainment. That's technically fair. I'm not saying I'm going to suddenly live by that creed, but I can understand the point they're making. Um, I don't know. Uh, then it's like, are we just eliminating all leisure products because they were probably made in questionable conditions? Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's, well, you're it's taking stupid. it to a bit of an extreme, don't you think? Well, they take it to an extreme when they say, like, Oh, if that video game isn't the clothes on your back, then you have no right. Like it's it's dumb. Everything about these conversations are dumb, and they only exist on Twitter. And we just keep feeding the beast, us specifically, because we're all two on Twitter, and we see all this, and we get mad, so we feel like we need to talk about it, but. Really, we're we're just adding to the noise. Well, Owen, your name in Russian is Oye. So get ready at saying that as you go and move there <laughs> and live the rest of your life there. I just looked it up on Google. What about um, me? Do me. Do me next. I guess you hang on. Mark really needs this information. I'm Mark very curious. in Russian. Atmetka. Hmm. I like Oye better. I think I would close this out with saying, at Atomic Heart, did you guys know there's blackface in that game? Oh my oh, god, what Jesus. the fuck? Let's, <laughs> let me, okay, let's just negate the last 20 minutes of what we discussed. Fuck I mean, like, all the other points, like, sure, but, like, there's flat out just a Russian cartoon, like, it from some point in the 1900s, they just play, and there's just an episode, it's like this wolf and mouse, and there's just, like, this blackface man in the cartoon that just displays all right. It. That you can um, find it in the background of the game, and people just didn't understand. Like, why is this a problem? We're like, Dude. oh yeah, are you going to defend that? No. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's easy to find the clip anymore. 
because it's just getting taken down everywhere for obvious reasons. But yeah, that's that's something else. Atomic Heart's going on. JRPGs don't have that problem though. They don't. Uh, no, I can't say Mark, ever. Can't, I, say Mark, I can't say don't, ever. Don't make that statement. Uh, modern JRPGs of I want to say the past ten years have not had that problem, right? Dare I Google blackface and JRPGs? No, don't, don't Google it. Don't Google it. Mark, Which, I don't it, know if it, I really it, want to do that. I. It's much better if we're unsullied. Uh, we we don't need to know this. Mm-hmm. We're a pure podcast here. Um. Well, that took some directions we're we're all on board though keep the genre name correct thumbs up oh yeah mm-hmm. that's what we started with <laughs> good name unless if more comes out that's just like some like terrible evidence of what people did with this word and how it is really tainted i'll say if jrpg like if jrpg did some really fishy things in the late 90s and early 2000s at like an oscar party then it's like we, we have to abandon jrpg mm-hmm. but until then I this, think they're this just term fine. was created by who? And then just <laughs> insert the name of some like horrible, horrible person. Oh, JRPG, when he was best friends with Harvey Weinstein. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII was on the island. No. Seven, no. <laughs> um, I think it's funny that you guys just unintentionally mixed up Harvey Weinstein with Epstein, but like it's all one in this. No, I was uh, talking about Harvey Weinstein. No, no, but Mark mixed I up was with not, Epstein. I was but not. It, I, I mean, it technically works. Um, yeah, no, it works. I like it. It's funny. They're both bad guys. Um, Final Fantasy Seven, not a bad guy though. For the record, Harvey Weinstein, very bad guy. And every time he shows up in prison, he has like a walker. He's like, everyone feel bad for me. It's like you're gonna die in prison. What's the shtick you're going for? Yeah, good riddance. Uh, it's time for what we've been playing. It's been a while since we've had it in uh in this Pick time me. slot of Pick me. the episode. Owen goes now, first. No, I'm gonna go first because you guys are about to like go off. We're about so, to just yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna. We're get about my to stuff first. engage in our what we've been playing. You know, boy, are we? Oh, <laughs> oh, Mark, this is exciting. I get I get to break this news to you, seeing as you didn't hear it on the last pod. Uh-huh. Uh, at this point, I'm about 10 or 11 hours in to Yakuza Kiwami 1. Really? Yeah. I uh, I have been wanting to play this series for a long time, as you know. And it just feels more right to me to play it in release order. I always thought I was going to start with uh-huh. Zero. But... I think zero would be too good, and then I would have to play all the worst games after it, and I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. do that. Okay. Um, and you you may think I'm crazy for this, judging by your tone. What are your thoughts? I I do think it is a bit weird to not start with zero at this point. As someone who still hasn't finished Yakuza three, I will finish it probably after War of the Chosen at this point, but. Um, yeah, I mean, A, Yakuza 0, objectively a better game on so many levels. Uh, Kami 1, a shorter game, though, so easier to get the ball rolling with that one. So I can see it from that angle. Um, I don't think anything would get spoiled for you. Kiwami 2, there's a whole extra additional chapter they added to the game, which would spoil Yakuza 0 for you. So I would just not touch that whenever you get there. Well, no, but... I. I I don't 
I wouldn't interpret it as a spoiler. It, it would just be a connection that I get to play, get to play with later on. Like I, I, I think it is, it is very deliberately a part of the game that didn't exist in the original two, but they added it because of Zero. Mm. It's a story chapter involving a character from Zero. That's like okay, we want to give this character and this that storyline that we didn't necessarily give the most closure we're gonna give it closure so, now tell me if i'm crazy uh-huh for would, doing this would i You're be crazy. insane for playing kiwami one then zero then kiwami two no i don't think so especially because like one of the things i felt was so weird about kiwami is like a lot of things after playing zero is like wow i can't wait to see what's gonna happen throughout the series starting from this point and then after Kwame one i'm just like wow uh, things things are very different i think you'll be curious to know a lot more about certain characters from that game and what role they played in zero well after playing it. like i i've played the beginning of um of zero before so i know like Nishikiyama is just your friend the whole time and clearly mm-hmm. in Kiwami he he's in a different position mm-hmm. um it's it's very true I think that relationship specifically is the one I reflected on the most after playing Kiwami and Zero because they play drastically different roles in both games uh I remember when you played Kiwami you said that there was a character that was very involved that you wish was like presented in zero yes um what's her name she's the one who goes missing in kiwami oh i should really know the name um yuki i think yuki. it's yuki yeah i believe yeah. it's yuki she's not in zero interesting never mentioned in zero she, I'm just she, like... she was my guess for uh for the left out character because mm-hmm. your take had been in my mind kiryu just is like talks about her like she's one of the most important people in his life never in zero like someone he has known for a long time not not in this prequel game everybody else is there just not her and that's that's one thing that threw me off the most just like we're not even gonna like reference her in zero not even a side maybe there's a side question that i didn't know about i know um there's a side quest in zero where the main antagonist of kiwami 2 you can just meet him and hang out with him as Majima, which I think is cool. Majima never really meets this guy in uh, Yakuza 2, so I guess it works out that way, but just meets a young version of him, which would be cool. But where's Yuki? Someone who's so, so, so important. Um, like she's, she's, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I don't think you're too crazy. I think it is, I think it would be crazy to play all the other Yakuza games and then Zero. I think starting with Kawami, then into Zero, perfectly fine. Two, you're cutting it but if you go to three you've gone too far you should just play zero okay um it's not yuki it's a yumi yumi Yumi. um okay so i've been really enjoying this game i talk about it on the last episode and uh, there's not much more to say i i am surprised though with how much i enjoy the beat-em-up combat i really didn't expect to enjoy it this much uh but i'm having a lot of fun with it I think the story is great. Really into the characters. I've played... I have learned, to some extent, how to play Mahjong. And oh, wow. I 
had at least one session where I played about an hour of of blackjack and poker. So I'm I'm getting the full Yakuza experience here. Um, and that's one of the reasons I decided to never platinum those games because you have to really learn how to play mahjong to get the platinum really? in a Yakuza game. Well, one thing that's a real bummer is that if if you gamble, maybe this changes in later games. I have no idea. You can't trade in your chips for money. You can only get prizes. Oh. And I like spent a whole lot of money on poker and I, I won big and it was like, oh, hell yeah. Going to trade this in. And I can't even buy anything valuable at this casino that I can then sell. There's no equipment or anything at the very least, like any useful stuff. There's all like healing items pretty much or or just like status effect items. So nothing I could really sell for anything substantial. That's crazy. I, I would have assumed like they had like a piece of armor at the very least where that can go the extra mile or even just like a weapon. I don't know if you can repair weapons in Kiwami you or not. You can. You can. Okay. That's useful at least. Um, and then you can just go around like stabbing people in the heart as Kiryu. And Kiryu doesn't kill people. Um, I uh it might just be the specific casino. It, it's the casino in Purgatory, if you if you remember. Oh, how area. can I forget Purgatory? Um, but yeah, I'm still going through that. It's been great. I have not gotten more into Pikmin three like I promised last episode. I've only Mark to fill you in. I've only played about an hour. I'm not super hot on it. Um. Uh-oh. Which I, I know that disappoints some, but I, I'm not done with it. I just haven't uh, used my Switch in a little bit. Um, And then a new addition to this list started last night. I played about an hour of the original Resident Evil 4. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I got it on sale on PlayStation a little while back, and... I've played a decent amount of this game in the past, but I was probably about 13. I, I can't really say I remember any of it minus like a few different kind of like set PC moments. And one thing I did not remember is that the age of this game is on the surface in that the right analog stick does not control the camera. You both move and control the camera with the left analog stick. And I did not remember that from the first time I played. Makes it very difficult. The thing that everyone always points to is that you can't move and shoot at the same time. That's not that bad. Um, It it really adds more to the tension uh, than anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I really want to play through the original before the remake comes out just so that I can compare them. And I think I might get the remake for my birthday. Cause it'll like line up pretty well. Um, so I started that endeavor and I will say, uh, everyone always talks about Resident Evil four. It's like, that's when they really took an action approach, but as more of a newbie to the series and someone who does not play horror games very often, when, when things are slowly walking towards you, but the controls are so clunky and slow that every single kill is kind of a panic moment, it's 
it's fairly scary. My 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 heart was beaten at different points, and I'm just in the beginning of the game. Um, so that is uh really those two games are probably what I'm going to be bringing to the table for a few weeks here, Yakuza and uh and Resident Evil Four. Now, for who's next up? Before you guys get into it, uh, ju- just get everything off the table before you guys go all in on engage pretty much so okay divvy it up amongst yourselves if there if there's other miscellaneous games let's get them out onto the table hi peter have you been playing anything other than fire emblem two other games okay i've only got one other i got two games to talk about actually also uh octopath traveler 2 jrpg that has just come out i've dipped my toes into it i've only got about like five or six hours into it not crazy amount of time uh, in the grand scheme of things, I, I've only done a couple. Uh, I, I only have two party members still where you got to go around the globe, find your other characters, do their first chapter of their stories. And every character is like four chapters, but I've only got two of them. Uh, and right now I'm not super invested into it because uh, it, this is very much a sequel to Octopath 2. Right now it feels like octopath 1.5 where there's just some small changes to it like it is very much it is the same eight classes from before that the eight characters were uh i've only got two of them but they seem pretty similar but there's like a handful of some small tweaks to mechanics i only have two party members so like i can't really speak too much to like how different it is because like i have only a fraction of the full combat system uh but right now i i was expecting or hoping for like uh, a grand revamp to fix Octopath Traveler, like in the, the ways a, a game that I loved, is to fix the parts of it that didn't work. Um, and I'm a bit skeptical, thinking that I, it might not be that. But from other people that I've heard from just reviews and some podcasts I've listened to, some takes online, uh, I just don't think I've just like broken through the threshold yet. I don't have enough of the game because, like, at the very beginning of the game. Because it's a game where you just follow these eight character stories, you can kind of do them in any order. You can start, you pick what character you want to start with on the map. You start with their story in their hometown and just kind of work around where they live and branch out to like towns nearby uh, and where those characters are. And what it seems, uh, like the layout of the country, like there's like a bunch of countries and cities on like the west. Then there's a huge sea and a gap to the countries on the east. And from what I've heard from people, some of the most interesting stories are all on the east side of the countries. And I started on the west. And one of the two characters I've got, I've, I've heard, has one of the worst stories in the game. So maybe contributing to uh, why I'm not super like hooked on it right now. Uh, but I think in time, with more time, I just got to play a little bit more of it. But it's very much more Octopath Traveler right now. I kind of was disappointed, but I just don't think I've really uh, tried the main course yet. Only other game I talked about that's also uh, distracted me from playing more Octopath Traveler 2 is that I recently got into a Pokemon hack. Uh, Another one of these Pokemon fan games that in one of my Pokemon chats I'm in with a couple friends of mine, of course, where there's just one game that gets brought up a lot because they're always playing it, always trying to nuzlocke this game and failing. One of our, one of my friends in there is just like he's you he's can constantly. Say it's James and Joe. Well, 
you guys aren't in this, so they're just my I friends. I know it's not. So, oh, and here's the fun thing. There's a bunch of us that are in a Pokemon chat, and the uh, group picture is of an Ultra Ball. And then Joe, James, and Mark have a separate Pokemon chat that's called, what is it, Master Boys? And it has, like, a Master Ball no, as the no, picture. No, 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 no. We're the Pokeleets, I believe. And our profile picture is, I don't remember the name of the ball, but, but we we discussed what ball we wanted the profile picture to be. And they said, like, oh, it should be Master Ball. But I said, no, no, no. Everybody gets a Master Ball. Everybody at least gets one. So I did the Pokeball that only the event Pokemon come through, the black and red one. I don't remember what it's called, but that's a Pokeball not everyone knows exists, not everyone gets. And that one was more fitting for what this chat's about. Okay. Yeah. Isn't he awesome? Yeah. Thank you, Owen. Um, but it's a game called Pokemon Radical Red. It's just a very, uh, it's a difficult, a much more difficult version of Pokemon Red where there's additional boss fights. All the gym leaders' teams are kind of mixed up. You can't use healing items in uh, most trainer and gym battles. And there's a whole bunch of really fun, cool customization to it where, like, if you start the game, there's a built in randomizer where you can just randomize all Pokemon. It's not just. Pokemon Fire Red, which is just the Gen 1 remake with the 151 Pokemon. This one has all Pokemon up to Pokemon Legends Arceus in the game right now. They're slowly working on getting the, all the Scarlet and Violet Pokemon in. Uh, which is crazy. They've already put like an update that they're making big progress and almost getting there. Just with some a couple of Pokemon not being able to make the cut because mechanically do not work uh, going this far back into Legacy Pokemon. But uh, very cool to play this game in a randomizer with so many different Pokemon. Uh, on on top of that, it's not just randomizing the Pokemon, but you can also randomize Pokemon's abilities in the game, which is very... Some Pokemon have some crazy abilities. Like, no other Pokemon was meant to have certain abilities. Like, for example, uh, there's a Pokemon, Aegislash, which is a Pokemon that's like a ghost. And he is just like an animated sword and shield. And his ability, he only has one ability in the mainline games, which is every other turn, he swaps into his sword mode and his shield mode, where his stats drastically change. But I got him with an ability where he just, a random ability where it's just, oh, he doesn't, his stats never go down. He can't have stats reduced to some other Pokemon's ability. And because of that, he's just locked into one of his two forms for the whole game. So I just turned him into like, I got this super tanky Aegislash that also has Sword Dance, which in Pokemon just is one of the best attack bust, like buffing moves with an ability where he just can't be taken down. You just get some god rolls that you feel unstoppable. A Pokemon that was not meant to exist, but now it is in your hands. But with that being said, I have not progressed past the third gym. I have tried many runs at this already and just keep losing because the battles are just so, so difficult. Uh, but I'm loving it. I'm probably putting it down for a while because it feels like a bit too addicting. I want to try more Octopath Traveler too, but Pokemon fan games are amazing. And this this is a, a very, very, very good one. Uh, but that's all for me, you, Peter. You guys are always going to those Pokemon fan games. then, And I, I salute you guys because I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll ever get into the fan game scene. You won't. What are you talking about? Uh, no. You never will. No, I'm not saying specifically Pokemon. I'm I'm saying in general, I won't. I, I we're agree. We're in agreement because it's just a little little too too much of a deep cut for me. 
I'm not a real gamer because of it. But Peter, yeah, you can take over. Thank you for your permission. Uh, I've been, I now that, and we're going to get to Engage, but I've now beat Engage. And because of that, I've now fully moved on to Hi-Fi Rush and given it 90%, I'd say 95% of my attention, that 5% I'll talk about in a little bit. Man, this is probably the best game Xbox has put out since Ori and the Will of the Wisp. I don't even think it's close. This, I fucking love Hi-Fi Rush, man. Owen Rashad, it's a Peter-ass Peter game. If it's not in my top five at the end of the year, something has gone either horribly right or horribly wrong. Um, How far are you in it right now? I, you, I can never answer those questions because modern consoles make it near impossible to find your hours in games. Well, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure it shows you your hours when you save it, and and there's also just, like, a number of levels. You know, Mark, Mark, he could have asked that in a nice <laughs> way, but instead he's like, you know, because you're just so full of shit coming out of your ears, because you're so fucking dumb. You know these things, but you can't see them. Well, Owen, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, I just do not have that information at this moment in time. Okay. Sounds good. I I don't believe you. But where do I begin? The look. Like, I don't know. Like, the look, the soundtrack, the character design, the combat, like the genre that it is, the most of voice, most of the voice acting. Oh my god, every scene, like every time this game is in is moving, it's just filled with charm. The fact that the entire game has a consistent beat going. At first, I thought, "Is this gonna get? Is this gonna get tiresome? Is this gonna be a fad that I get? I get annoyed at by the end? I'm drawing my eyes." Nope, I'm smiling most of the time that I'm playing this game. Not even like, not even like a funny thing. A a comedic moment doesn't even have to occur. I'm just happy playing this game. This is why I love video games. I remember when Canterbury Spirits came out. And I, I I like Greg Miller a lot, but I and he still whenever he talks about Canada to this day, he still says, "Yeah, that's a great PS2 game," and you can tell he means it in a negative like connotation. And to that, and again, I really like and respect Greg Miller, but to that, I say, why is that a problem? Why do we need every game to be a third-person action adventure game about a sad father? We don't. This is a PS. This game has a charm of a of the PS2 generation. It really does, and I mean that in all the best ways. Uh, except uh, i don't like chai i don't like chai Uh, i find him annoying yeah i just i don't know all the other characters i really like i just don't like the dunce like oh it's like whenever a character says something in a fancy scientific way and like you speak in english like i want to slap him i want to slap him like enough have we not said that enough in fiction and entertainment it's Mark, real quick, actually, complete side note. I brought something up to Owen while I was watching the Double Fine uh, documentary, and he acted like I was a freak for having this opinion. And I'm sure you're either I'm sure you're going to agree with him, but I have to I have to say it. Are you have Have you ever had a conversation with someone? You don't really know them all that well, you know. They're mm-hmm. acquaintance, or you hear them having a conversation with someone else, and someone enters the conversation, and they go, "What?" You know what I'm talking about? Have they ever done this? I, I feel like I do that a lot. Man, what's wrong with that? Oh. <laughs> the this is like one of the most niche pet peeves I've I've ever heard. 
So in the because this happens in the Devilfied documentary that I talked about last week, and I've had people do that around me. I don't know what it is, but whenever someone goes "what" in a conversation, it's like get the fuck away from me, get the <laughs> fuck away from me. You're not talking like a real person. You're not having a real conversation. You're not emoting like a human being. You are a robot. You're an artificial being. You don't know how to talk to people. You can't interact to save your own fucking ass. Get away from me. You don't deserve to be out in front of people. Peter, I'm not pe- sorry. I'm people? unapologetic. <laughs> That is a weird fucking thing to do. You might as well just throw a rock in my mouth and break my fucking teeth out. Like I would be more upset. I'd be less upset with you if you did that because I'm gonna think about you saying what longer than me now missing my front tooth. I can't. People, people used to say the word groovy, Peter. I'm sure. How do you feel about the word groovy? It's That's... a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to That's do. An understatement, I suppose. No, it's Mark. What was the last time you went? What? Like, do you ever like do do you at work or people around you at work? Do do they say that? What? I mean, it depends on people's tone. Someone's like, what? That's not what I mean. You know what? 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 Like how? There how you go. Animated there you go. Are we what? Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what? I've okay. I've never heard anyone do. You can cut them all. You can cut that out too. Like you, can, no. you don't have to. These are I, not the thing you said and the thing I just said are not <laughs> on the same work, level. Don't at fucking <laughs> at like it is. But uh, yeah. Okay, back to gaming. Just well, uh, I was, uh, we we need to address this a little bit more because I'm more just fascinated that this is such a problem for you, and it's like not even remotely distinctive like it's the, but mark knew what i was talking about no That's no and, and i know what you're talking about too and it is it's never even kind of charted for me like it's like you both know but for podcast for people listening at home whenever i whenever i've had very people i'm very close to text me and they use an emoji i would just be like stop it stop we're not talking like this. If you use an emoji when you speak to me, the conversation's over. I can't stress that enough. Because then at that point, it doesn't feel like I'm having an authentic conversation with you. It feels like I'm an either I'm an afterthought or you're not a real person. And if you're busy all the time, then by all means, don't respond. But yeah, don't respond. If I get like just a crying face emoji, just tell me you fucking hate me. All right? Like, just tell me... Tell me that if I were to die tomorrow and you missed my funeral, you'd be okay with that. Let's, why are we doing this? Why are we talking if just using emojis? Just, just why are we talking? Not you, sure. What? Not sure these things are equivalent, but okay. Well, they on this you can keep it because I feel very strongly about this. I have no shame about this one. But just constant references to the fact that something was removed. But we've also Mark also had that thing removed earlier, so you know who knows. You know, it's it's a wacky episode, but uh, well, you don't know if Owen actually removed that thing earlier, Peter. So for your sake, for, guys, for your guys, sake, Mark, guys, geez, the, I, I assure did. you, this is not interesting podcasting. <laughs> but just everyone, either 
I don't want to say talk properly, but just there's certain things we have to agree not to do and going, what? Whenever like someone who you're not really friends with comes in the room, but you have to act like you're excited or has somewhat interested in the fact that they're well, here. Well, what if they were your friend? What if your friend did say that? And then, then you're being a bad friend. Then you're well, being well, bad. You're being a on. bad friend to them and you're making them feel unwanted and unwelcome if that is your honest. Like, if I walked into a room and someone went, what? I'd leave. I'd be like, all right, I'll be back in an hour. And you're actually, when you're in a better mood, all right? When you're not giving me this shit. So, Hi Fi Rush is a video game you're playing. Don't ask. No, don't. You asked me a question. There. I, don't I, ask I, have, I, got the I have an actual Hi Fi Rush thing to address here. And if we want to go back, if, look, if we're going to Hi Fi Rush, we're going back to Hi Fi Rush. I just want to say, I don't like how Mark did that when he asked me a question. I was answering it, and then he acted like he was bigger than me for yeah, changing Yeah, topic. fuck you, Mark. Yeah, fuck me, I suppose. Um, I I must say you you have quite a conundrum with the types of games you like, but also hating characters that are like Chai. Because characters that are like Chai pretty much only exist in the game slash animated TV shows and movies that you enjoy. Like, I don't think Chai is that different from, like, Aang in Avatar. Aang is also... Well, no, by the end, I feel like Aang has matured a lot. He's still, like, a lot of what Aang... Okay. Well, could that happen in Hi-Fi Rush? I feel like it could. I don't... It's not feeling like it. When I think I'm halfway through, I'm not really picking that... If he does, then sure. But it's just, you know... I've been seeing people saying that they're crying at the end. So, I have no idea what happens. There, I get. I like this game a lot. I do enjoy the cast. I'm not like head over heels with them so far, but I do like them. Except for again, I don't hate Chai, but he's very, he's very at the bottom. But I'm just, not gonna lie, Chai is like when I look at the game, I see Chai and I hear Chai talk, and I think I don't want to play this game because of him. Okay, but you're missing out. And, and also, I'm sure, Mark, I'm sure this you're is still a King stuff. of Hearts fan, so shit the fuck. I, I was well, about to say I, I like. Think, Sora has has nothing on Chai here. Like, they both do the hands behind their head when they're walking, all right? Don't act like you're the pure it's one. It's true, but Sora does that, and he's standing next to Donald and Goofy, and it's a little And he's different. wearing his fucking clown shoes going, like, friendship will yeah, solve but, everything. But and he's Chai playing, does he's it, no, yeah. and, like, the black keys are, like, nine-inch nails. I was nails saying, the nine-inch nails like... or the black keys. <laughs> um, Albeit Sora has a fucking, or like, beautiful orchestra behind him a lot but he just again it's like he's voiced by like a 60 year old man and you can tell is he really 60 Haley Joel Osment Osment isn't 17 years old I can tell you that okay but he's not 60 that's what I care about but okay he's probably like 44 at this point the combat in hi-fi rush is great I never get good grades, but I don't let that stop me from enjoying the game like certain people do. Just it's more of this, and I know it's specifically Tango Gameworks. Boy, talk about a fucking developer that's now really, you know, shown their hand and made a game that no one expected from them, especially. My God, just more of this Xbox, please. More games that feel like video games. This is great. I think there's something to be said with how uh, you know we're very critical of Xbox. They don't really have any identity to what they're doing. Haley Joel Osment's 34, by the way. Um, 
but with Xbox's current strategy, they're coming up with some creative things. No, no other company would their last two games be Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush. That's a, that's an impossibility for other. That's great companies. though. That's what more, that's more of what I want out of Xbox. Same, same. No, I'm all for it, and I I loved Pentiment. Uh, uh, once I really got into it, uh, I I think it's super creative, and I I want to see more of it happen. They do have to like hit on a AAA game, like uh. Well, they're going budget. to with Starfield. Yeah, yeah, I think they will, but still. That's a prerequisite that they have to do. But once that happens, I don't want them to decide, like, there we go, Starfield's our formula, everyone make make their own. Uh, I want them to keep this creative energy. But Peter, back to what you've been playing. And I think I'll leave Hi-Fi Rush there for now, because again, I'm going to be talking about it more. I still have probably another half of the game to go. But another little thing I'm playing on the side whenever I've like been going to bed with Switch or you know wake up in the morning. Oh, there's my Switch. I'll play a bit of this. I'm going down memory lane and realizing that man, nostalgia is a hell of a thing, and rose tinted glasses are really hard to see through. And that's because I'm playing Super Mario 64. Oh, why? And name me a video game that sound effects evoke more emotions in you can you uh, ocarina of time <laughs> come on ocarina of time a game i've played randomized multiple times with the sound effects randomized <laughs> yes not like it's i'm not gonna like say super mario 64 not in the same tier but i would say ocarina of, every every aspect of ocarina of time is very iconic to me maybe more so than the average person which has the better soundtrack ocarina of time or super mario 64 um i think i'd still probably go ocarina you're wrong for that one that one i'll play on but anyway i don't i don't have much to say super mario 64 still a really fun game you know i a lot of nostalgia i'm enjoying it but uh we don't have to stop acting like this game's on par with odyssey what the fuck are we doing what are we doing this game is not one of the best games ever made well, let me raise you this question, Peter. The ice worlds in both Odyssey and Mario 64, which one has the better ice world? 64 is more annoying to traverse around. Well, to be fair, 64 also has two, I guess, with the big and snowman and noticeably the baby than penguin. The other. In 64 or Odyssey? I think in 64, the first ice level was much better than the second one. I would agree, yes. But compared to Odyssey's, I mean, Odyssey's isn't great, but you have Cappy, you're fucking flying, you're moving around, it's great, whereas Mario I like, 64, you have to run up the mountain, run down the mountain, slide everywhere with that mm-hmm. fucking janky camera. It's awful. The camera in Super Mario 64 is so much worse than I remember. Oh my god. If only they remade it for the Switch and fixed the camera. No, they didn't. They didn't fix if, the camera. If only they did, you know? If so, oh, oh, I, I thought... I thought you were in on that. No, no, no. I I thought he was saying that like you weren't playing the Switch version. <laughs> um. Okay, carry on. He really, uh, yeah. But I, 
I got it's a fun game. I'm happy I'm doing it, but just everyone's like, it's one of the greatest games ever made. It's like, relax. I I don't have it's the an, It's a pivotal it, game. It's an important game, but we've just had a lot that's better come after it. I think that it's still very good if you can overlook some of like the oldness of it. Like even some of the ways that Mario moves doesn't quite make sense compared to how we're used to Mario moving now. But once you get a hang of those older mechanics again, like I I still think it feels pretty good. I'm willing to say it's better. Again, let's all agree. It's better than Sunshine. We could say that it's better than Super Mario Sunshine. And I like Super Mario Sunshine. I've played that game so that weirdly enough, I've beaten Sunshine more than any other 3D Mario. I like Sunshine a lot. When was the last time you played it? Super Mario 64 is probably better than Sunshine. When was the last time you played Sunshine? Mark, I'm the one who got Sunshine as a kid. I played Sunshine a lot on the GameCube. When was the last time you played it? (laughs) Fuck, Mark. I don't know. Like seven. Yeah. Okay, I played it much sooner than that, and it's oh, well, that's awesome. Mark. What the fuck? Isolate this, Owen. Isolate this. Look what he just fucking did. Like, what was that? What was I that? Well, I didn't really finish making the point I was trying to say. Okay, because he's really gonna save it. <laughs> what I'm that's trying why I to say to the poor is how he's gonna finish this. What I'm saying is that I feel like playing it again recently with a new perspective, your modern perspective, you're gonna realize that game is very janky also arguably where where i think mario sun mario 64 is jank from its oldness fits better in the constraints of its you know but i'm not i'm not saying sunshine's better at 64 i'm saying we can all agree that 64 is better than sunshine Mm. why are you swinging at me Discontinue. Go on. Mario uh-huh. 64. Okay. Mario 64 speed runs are just incredible to watch. They are very fun. Mark, it's time to engage. Time to engage. Time to engage. Let's fire engage. <laughs> emblem. Engage. Mark and I have both beaten fire emblem. Engage. I. How many hours do you have, Peter? <laughs> I ended it. I. Th- think like 35 good fucking god <laughs> and again i got through the i only had to do like the last three chapters on normal because it got too it got way too difficult and i wanted to beat the game but the vast majority of the game i did on hard and i don't understand how you spell like what were you doing 170 hours oh i beat engage i have more hours and engaged than xenoblade chronicles 3 which what is what were you fucking doing? I was playing on Maddening. For a first playthrough on Maddening. These that's a difficulty they don't make for first playthroughs. They they make that for people who know the maps and you're planning around it. And I could not do that. Where do we want to start? Um I want to know your team. Who who'd you have? Your Mark, I don't remember half their names anymore. I've had the game a week ago. Well, I remember every character's name in this game. Well, then I'm okay. Hold on to that because now I, I'm starting to get it. I forgot you didn't listen last week. Did Did you have Ike in your team? Yes, of course I did. Okay, you remember Ike. But Mark, here's what I said to Owen, and now that I've beaten it, I can comfortably say. This is the worst Fire Emblem game I've played. Mm. This is the one. 
The gameplay is incredible. The map design is great, especially after Three Houses. But my god, the story is the worst in the franchise I've ever seen. The characters are the worst I've seen. The soundtrack is so forgettable. And really, there's no memorable pieces of music. I, I, I kind of I I enjoy the world map theme. I enjoy that. Every and other than that, nothing stuck out. Not uh, there's there is one song that is a top tier fire emblem song in this game. The final boss theme is hot garbage with a side shit. And, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking about it. I, I thought I know, it was fine. I'm just saying hot. Normally, final boss themes in fire emblem games are all fantastic. I can't believe this one felt like an afterthought, and they. It's just I don't get how it was so uninspired and generic. You didn't like the battle music or the the level music when you're fighting in Solm. You didn't like Not that really. song? Oh, that's a top tier song. That's up there with a lot of uh, the greats from Fates. I want to say Somni- the, 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 the Somniel. I forget the side content in this game was just so bad. I, Did, I, I'm I, guessing you didn't figure this out, but in the Somniel. There are multiple songs you can have play. All of them original to the Somnial. I went. Th- I can count on one hand the amount of times I went to that thing. Like, that's that's where like a good like third of my playtime also is is it, like that, managing my team in the Somnial. But that's the thing is there I with three houses are the bat is the the map design in three houses is not very good. The repetition of having to get the entire story through three playthroughs, it's worst feature. I will never deny those things. Four, I like three houses. So four playthroughs. Four playthroughs, Peter. I know. Well, that's if you... Uh, and technically five if you want to do a DLC. But I loved the cast of three houses. I loved them. I thought the story was actually intriguing and immersing and had me interested in what was going to happen. Did it have your typical, some of your typical Fire Emblem uh, generic story plots? Yes, of course it did. But I thought the three, like the three, like the three classes were all so just the golden deer are awesome. I like the Mark. I was talking all last week. Those are my fucking kids. Well, I'm having those support conversations. I care about these guys. They're so great. And again, I like the Blue Lions and the Black Eagles. I, I well, Yeah, they were my least favorite one. But I love so many of the characters. I like the story. I care about what I'm doing. The music in the game is fantastic. The combat's still good. It's not as good as Engage, but it's still good. But just the core gameplay of Engage... Thank God it is the best it's ever been. Because if it weren't, I don't know. I man, I could have seen myself driving that game. It was so. I want. I want to make a point because I, I know I've struggled in the last few years of playing ten games in the years that we you know we're discussing. I want to make a point to play ten games this year so I can have engaged not on the top ten. Jeez. 11 games. You put, you invested so much into it and you were having so much fun playing it, but you don't want it on your top 10. Yes. Because the gameplay was that good. The tactics were the best they've ever been, but so much of the rest of the game was laugh, honestly laughably bad. You skipped the cutscenes. You don't even, you don't even know. I skipped the cutscenes at the very end of the game after watching them for over 20 fucking hours. Over 25 hours at that point. Did you think chapter 11 was cool? No. What? Mark, every character interaction in that game made me want to rip my fucking ears off. All of the dialogue was so cringy. None of the characters had organic conversations or interactions. All of it was just so either 
underwritten or overplayed. There was never an in-between other than Fogato. I liked Fogato's conversations and his interactions with characters. Other than him, oh my god, Alir is the worst lord. I will be even more upset when they inevitably get into Smash. Then they wouldn't do when that. Corman was announced. When I, I the design is awful. And then what makes me even more mad is without getting into specifics, other designs of this character are shown later on. And it's like that one is so much fucking better. That one is such a, such a better design than the base one. If you had just gone with that, it's fine. Not amazing, but it's fine. They had a vision, Peter, and they committed to it. And it was awful. It was awful, Mark. And just the care, all the care. I skipped all the support characters. Like it's just this was such a shit roster of characters. The interactions were so not worth listening to. Oh my god! There's a couple of characters I did end up really liking. I loved Pandreo, who also you know falls from the tree. Uh, the priest, who's one of uh, Fogato's retainers. Oh, it's just no. I just. I would, I would try again. I was like, I'll give it an attempt for this support conversation, but it's just like, nope. I liked one of the last two characters you get in the game that I don't want to talk too much about. You know, it's spoilers. I, I, they will spoilers. I didn't like them. One, one of them was just an arch, a generic archetype, and the other one was one of the most annoying characters in the fucking game. I didn't like. I didn't care for one of them too much, but the other one. I like them from some of the supports that they had with some people. Like, I just... You didn't like Louie? I mean, I loved Louie as a unit, especially I gave him Ike. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it was amazing. When he had Ike, he would just lure all the enemies, he wouldn't take any damage, and he was just great Aether. And then, alright, everyone go pick in and finish them off. They've all taken like 20 to 30 damage. Just Mm -hmm. finish off that whole horde of group, uh, that whole group of enemies, and now they're all fucking dead. Here's, this is I've mentioned this before, Peter, but just something to just consider on why this game also took me a lot longer. On maddening mode, if an enemy unit has zero accuracy or will do zero damage, they will not attack you. So you have to manually kill all of them yourself. You can't just put Louie in a spot who will take zero damage and just like he chip damages everybody. No, Louie, Louie, you have to use him to just like seal paths and just like okay you just can't walk this way and there's the occasional okay someone has one damage on Louis or they'll strategically like put six backup units around him so he's guaranteed to still take 40 damage because he's just surrounded by backup units it's like okay well, your defense doesn't matter anymore because backup units backup attack is just a big rate of damage but I mean no disrespect to those who played on normal for the entirety of their playthrough, because again, I ended up doing normal the last three missions because I wanted to beat it and move on to Hi-Fi Rush and other games. Oh my god, Mark, normal in this game is a baby's game for babies. You think so? Oh my god, you press A and they die. It was so fucking easy once you get to normal. There was no challenge whatsoever. Ivy still died, but uh, you know, other than that, uh, you know, that character would always be like, oh, uh, a breeze of wind uh, touched her. Oh, she's dead, because that's just the character she is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Oh my god. Other than that, it was so just, alright, go kill them, go kill them, go kill them. I, what I respected about Hard is 
I mean, obviously you know that with maddening, and I know hard isn't as intense, but still we can both have, we both share the experience of and hard difficulties. You can't just like send a unit over there to wipe out an army on their own. You have to plan. You have to be tactical, and there aren't many other times in Fire Emblem games that I remember having to go like, "All right, everyone, stop what you're doing. Let's plan this shit out." And I, I really respect that. This game conquest. I definitely awesome. had to do that in conquest. A game I tried to play on the hardest difficulty and just mathematically could not win because my remember, team was not high enough level. I remember like the port mission in Conquest. Being... The one on the boat? No, I remember the mission when you're trying to get onto the boat and you're trying to like get out of that city and like Carmilla is the boss or not or whatever the or whatever the version of would be for Conquest. You don't remember. Okay, I don't that's remember fine. This. I played this game almost twice, and I don't. I don't remember that one map. But I liked the world map. I, I enjoyed that layout of the missions. I think I. I don't know. I, I just think that's neater. I think it's cleaner. I always appreciate a fire room game that doesn't have weapon durability. I always appreciate that. That's always so much better for the experience, in my opinion. I Did you use wish- the the blacksmith? The, a lot. I did at the end. I, I I didn't I didn't even think about it. Then James told me I should be doing that. I was like, oh, oh yeah. And I went in. I gate. I got some upgrade. And they did make a difference. I wish I had been doing that sooner. Oh yeah, but extremely important. I could not unmaddening the game is impossible if you're not touching. I was able to be in a few missions after I upgraded the weapons. I it really did make a difference. Mark, what are, where does this game rank? Because we've played... I, that's why I texted you a couple weeks ago. We've played the exact same amount of like mainline Fire Emblem games. And where does this rank for you? Well, I'm definitely going to put it above Birthright and Revelations. Which, speaking of... Uh, Fire Emblem Revelation, as of today, this is it is now March. The eShop on the 3DS is gone. You can't buy that game anymore. If you don't have it downloaded, you're SOL. You'll never play that game. I, I, we've talked about this before. I know you both disagreed with me. I think it ended up being one of our most heated episodes, or one of our more, I can't say most, one of our more heated episodes. The world moves on. I, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't be shedding any tears tonight. It's sad. I mean, it's not, I think it's one of the revelations in Birthright of Fates, not great games, but Conquest, very, very good. So. But what I'm getting at is I think I would ref- I would rank it higher than those two, at the very least. Um, I don't know if I'd rank it over Three Houses either, if I'm being completely honest. I see a lot of people so on my timeline who are like praising how they think this game is significantly better than Three Houses, and they're sick and tired of Three Houses. I'm just like, I don't know, Three Houses wasn't that bad, guys. Like it was. Three Houses had so much good going for it. Acknowledge, Mark, okay. you wanted to be on their side. I did. I mean, okay, okay. I will. I will give credit where it is due. I am glad to see Fire Emblem like step away, to go back into the tactics and really diving deep. I Me was too. afraid that was the best part of the game. Yeah, and now that we've actually come to this moment, we're like, okay, we are still putting the tactics first and foremost. I was afraid after three houses that it would always become an afterthought that the social aspects were. And like even, even some of the criticism around engage is just like, okay, this game now makes three houses look like uh, 
the spinoff versus the next step for the series. I which... disagree with that so much because of how little effort it felt like every other aspect that was put into every other aspect of this game other than combat. This game felt like, a, oh shit, we, like, do we just wait for the next console? Nah, we'll just, we'll just put this game on Switch, just ship it out, just put it out. It, I, I just, I have, I have so much disdain for most other aspects of this game. I really do. I just got to a point where it's like, all right, just look ahead and have the just experience this incredible combat and just don't pay attention to damn near anything else. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool, like from a a perspective of someone who's a big Fire Emblem fan, is that there's a couple of nods throughout the game, like. Uh, every emblem character has a paralog mission, a side mission where you like to get to their max like level with them and upgrades. You have to complete a revamped map from that character's game. Uh, and those were great, but then a lot of the remixed music and like re like you know the new covers of their music were not very good. And then I was sad. I liked a couple of them. I loved uh, the one for Fates, uh, Three Houses, and uh, Ike. Hikes of Path of Radiance. Those three I thought were really, really good. Even I don't know what the song was, but I really liked Roy's also. I thought that song was very good. And I guess I kind of like uh, Celica's from uh, Shadows of Valencia's Last Gaiden, but that song has been remixed to death. Like that, That's just the Gaiden song they choose is like the Celica battle song. Which is a good song, but it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're doing this song again. I, 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 I knew... A mile before I got to that paralog mission, it's like, okay, I don't know what map they're picking, but that's the song that's going to be there. And yep, lo and behold, that's what it was. You really didn't like those songs at all? Not even, not even Ike's? Nah, not really. It's literally an Ike medley. I love a good medley. And then Ike shows up in the map and he starts approaching you and then he just fucking destroys the castle. That was great. I don't. I, I, had, I, I had to restart the map when he did yeah. that. Mark, I, I liked quit. the missions. I didn't like the music in them. Is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But that song was good. Yeah. It was just a. It was a very good moment from that game where I was like, "Oh, cool! That's a really cool thing he did." That I just lost three hours of progress. I have to start over because he did but that. But again, I'm not. I'm not refuting the mission itself. I'm saying the music. I liked that moment a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little. Mo- <laughs> That's not like a lot, a lot of moments. Like in in Corrin's map, it's like it's you you do you do the level where it's like oh this is the level where you have to make the decision that splits into the three different games. And Corrin just so much. Why is that? I mean, I just I mean I texted you. I hated the location. It's like just do the do the water opera house where a significant story moment happens. That's such a cool. Well, that's only in Conquest. Or no, no, it's not. You're right. You're right. That's not a just in Conquest. Is it Revelations though? Who cares? It's no it's very different in Revelations. Revelations Mark. Well, it's the canon face game. <laughs> and you can't play it anymore. Also, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit surprised. I'm surprised that you feel this way about Engage. So I'm not gonna lie that it's your least favorite. All right. Again, give me the writers of Three Houses and give me the gameplay of engage and we've got the best fire emblem game we've ever made Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of people talk about in comparing it to three houses just uh when it comes to how like you were saying how this cast is not the greatest but just how extremely memorable i want to be clear i'm saying they are the worst yeah 
I'm just I've seen a lot of people talk about it, how extremely memorable the cast of Three Houses was. For other <laughs> Fire Emblem games, they don't remember everybody, but they can name almost all the students and who they were from Three Houses, and like because that is an accomplishment. Written and their game. support conversations with each other were all unique and different. And again, you start with them as their kids, and then you spoil it for Three Houses. I don't. Can I, Mark, do we, you know, Go do for, I say anything? I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy to say there's a time yeah. skip. And then they're adults later on. You, like, see them go through life in a way. You see them grow as people. It's cool. And you care when you see them again after the time has passed. You're like, oh, my God, look at you. You're so grown up. Like, I give a yeah. shit. And if you didn't recruit them, you have to go kill them. Yes. And I just. What a great fucking game Three Houses is. Again, I don't like them. The maps are very lacking. The repetition and having to go through several playthroughs to get the whole story sucks. I'm not denying. And then again, then the fucking, especially on replays, having to do some of the shit around the school does get, mm-hmm. like, you know, tiresome. But they just nail so much. There's so much in that game that's good that mm-hmm. I think it negates the bad. Whereas in Gage, I think there's way more bad and it negates the good. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I love, because I love uh, Ike's games. I love Path of Radiance. I love Reading Dawn. And I do really like Three Houses. I like Fates to an extent a lot too, but Shadows for different reasons. Shadows of Valencia also I really, really like. But I, I played through that so quickly that it's an afterthought to me. It's one. It's a game I do want to replay, honestly. I love Shadows of Valencia. It was very, very good. I loved how different it was for a Fire Emblem game. I loved its art style. That that too. And would you... Would, I'm not crazy to say I feel like uh sov and three houses are in a similar boat for art style the animation's definitely a bit different but yes actually no i don't know like really go back you'd have to really go back and look at shadows of valentia and it 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 looks i feel like it has its own unique art style to everything else in fire emblem mm-hmm. and it, i think for the better Shadows of Valentia, I we should again on the podcast, but for individually, we should rank mainline Fire Emblem games because Shadows of Valentia is fucking up there, man. I just I just don't think we've played enough of the 19 Fire Emblem games out there, including spin offs. But, but we can rank what we've had, what we, you know, what we do have under our belt. I mean, I just really want that genealogy of the Holy War remake, maybe a Thracia remake. Thracia, I want, still... I want Telly, I want the Telly's games remade because I want more people to experience Ike and Makai's. I do too. I really do. It's crazy to think that, now I don't know this for sure, I'm pretty sure this is true, that to buy a copy of Ike's games is more expensive than trying to buy a Japanese copy of, say, Genealogy or Thracia. I wouldn't be surprised. Path of Radiance goes for like $200, I'm pretty sure. And we just have it. And we just have it, yeah. Radiant yeah, Dawn. And we, I, have Radiant, we just have Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. And I, one thing I will give Engage that isn't to the game's credit, really, but when I get to see Micaiah have a voice actor and interact in a serious way after all this time, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, I played Heroes, and it's the same voice, act, voice actress there, so it's like, oh, it's it's Micaiah from Fire Emblem Heroes. But yeah, but this is a mainline Fire Emblem game. It's true. And that's another thing, another issue I had. Whenever I would they would attempt the paralogues, it would be like uh, maps from old games. They would explain what was going on in the story in their individual games, and I'd be like, "Man, that's way more fucking interesting than what's going on right now." <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you know much about genealogy of Thracia? I don't. But I don't know if now is the time to discuss it because I'm thinking we haven't actually. I forgot. Owen is here. We have been going on about this for a while. <laughs> we we have we have. I 
I'm just curious. Like, this is arguably the most I've ever talked in a movie. You guys playing, didn't so say anything like problematic in this section, did you? I haven't been listening. <laughs> no, we yeah. haven't. We have not. Um, the only thing I'm curious is that, like, for the emblem characters in this game, they're just past fire emblem characters. Some of them kind of arguably play more of a prominent role in the game. And Sigurd, definitely one of the he most. He's the first forward. one that came to mind when you said that. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, they're really putting a lot of love on Sigurd right now. Like, putting them first and foremost. And I definitely think that's intentional because they're going to bring that game back. Where Fire Emblem fans like adore that game. Like, it is the most Game of Thrones esque, dark, darker toned Fire Emblem game out there, from what I understand of it. And. I, I think the way that they're setting it up, as someone who knows a couple of big plot moments from that game, people people are gonna people are gonna like that game. They're they're teeing it up super well. I don't know if they're gonna be ready for it, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But engage a lot of cool small moments, uh, whether it's in the main story even that we didn't really go to into because. I don't really want to talk too much about the main story of this game because what, uh, there's not much to talk about. There's a couple of moments I liked, but like I'm not gonna say like oh you have to play these like like I'm not gonna say like the the story is saved from some of these moments, but like I I thought there were a couple of moments where I I enjoyed what was going on. By the end of it, I was like you know what there's some dialogue I didn't like, some designs, a handful of designs. There's just two character designs I didn't like in the game, and it was Alir and Saline from the beginning. Everyone else's design I thought was fine. Salem just had that giant crown, and I thought it looked very silly. You know the one? Yes. Yeah, it was kind of silly, but uh, gameplay was super good. I have relieved a part of my mind and heart where I thought Advanced Wars was going to kill the tactics of Fire Emblem, but I don't think you got to worry about that right now. So maybe Advanced Wars can release now that we have Engage. So maybe the delay was a good thing. I think I think we can wrap up our engaged conversation. We do have one more topic. We do. I have Alan, what's our time at right now? We're at about two hours. Okay. Yeah, so I'd say let's move on. Um all right. So Owen, thumbs up, thumbs to the side. Thumbs to the side on engage. That's my assessment. I give a thumbs up to the engage. Uh, middle uh, leaning toward. I'll say middle because the gameplay is that good. Mark, did you ever actually say your final hour count? A hundred and seventy hours. I have fifteen more hours in engage than I did in Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Oh, and for reference, mine was thirty-five. Jesus Christ, Mark. There's like the thing that's really funny. Um, at the end of the game, every Fire Emblem game does this. Uh, it shows you how much time you put in each map and how many turn counts, like the turn count you had when you beat the game. And the amount of maps with the turn count was somewhere between 30 to 45 turns for me was most of the game. A couple of maps being like you played, you were in this map for five hours, and that wasn't even my first attempt at some of these maps. Have you ever thought that like you could accomplish something truly great but instead you dedicated probably about 140 more hours to this Fire Emblem game than you needed to. I feel like I wouldn't have liked it as much if I didn't play it like this, though. So, I don't know. I don't think so. Fair enough. Okay, my topic. Uh, 
I don't know how much juice we'll get out of this, but I just think it's an interesting thing to consider. I want to talk about how our habits change according to the consoles we play our games on. I I mainly think of this uh, because of how I played Nier Automata. I had the Switch version, and I I found myself, because I had the Switch version, and I'm a big handheld Switch player, I would be willing to pick up that game for for 15 to 30 minutes at a time and do short bursts, and I didn't notice any, like, hindrance where it was like, man, I'd, I didn't even get anything going in this game because I didn't have enough time to... Uh, to really get into it at all. Uh, and I compare that to what if I had near on my PlayStation or Xbox, there's, there's almost no way I would have gotten through it anywhere near as quickly. And I probably would have felt a lot more of the emotions that, that Peter feels towards the game because it would have then been this thing where it's like, well, I have to, I have to find time to sit down in front of the TV. And, and then if I'm going to be doing that, like I need at least an hour, uh, ideally I'd get 90 minutes to two hours. And then I start talking myself out of, out of playing the game. So I've, I've actually been trying to look much more for, what what are the games I can play on Switch that I think if I played them on one of my consoles, I probably wouldn't get through it. Like the number one candidate for that right now is that I own Disco Elysium for Xbox. I'm not sure if I could ever beat it on Xbox. I think I think I have to play it on Switch. Mm-hmm. That's how I've been thinking about my habits with gaming and where I play my games, but you guys can really take this in any direction. Like, do you have genres that you prefer on specific systems? Uh, do you relate at all to this like switch versus the TV um, or how accessible a given console is to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, I'm, I'm curious what direction you would think of taking this. So I definitely have like certain types of games that I know I want to play on certain platforms. The only part of that that's like super complicated, like uh, even even though I have certain rules, I know I, I like certain games, certain genres on certain platforms. It is always dictated on can I get a physical copy though, and I will choose where I can get a physical copy over I like playing a game on a certain platform. Where like uh, a lot of platformers i i would love playing those on switch because i think platformers and handheld are some of my favorite ways to play platformers uh a lot of smaller indie experiences i would definitely rather play them on a console or on my switch in handheld mode versus just on my desktop because i feel like if i'm doing something on a computer i'm kind of there in an investment if i'm playing something multiplayer with friends i like to play that on pc more because that is more of that commitment i'm going to be there for a while uh, like there's there's certain things like that I definitely know I like to gravitate towards, but like I said, uh, 
with PC specifically, can't really get a physical copy for that. So even even if I feel that way, I'll still think, can I still get away with this on console? And maybe I won't like it as much, but I like putting it on my shelf more than I like uh, the enhancement I get from the experience. So that's that's where I'm at with that. Peter, what about you? What, what do you think of with this question? I'm typically finding myself, at least over the years, multiplayer experiences I would prefer on playing Xbox just because that's where I had my first multiplayer experiences and experienced most of them growing up. So it's just a comfort thing. PlayStation is where I pro- typically I prefer the more for I prefer to play more like, you know, single player cinematic experiences there, whether or not they are playstation exclusive or not unless they're on game pass in which case i'm going to play the game for free and then on switch all right yeah on switch it's typically just nintendo games i don't usually yeah i don't really play any other games from any other developers on switch so just i play nintendo whenever i want to play nintendo this I think this question really only boils down to handheld versus sitting at the TV. Have you guys ever had an experience like what what my experience was with Nier where you think you either like something more or less because you played it in handheld or vice versa because you played it on a TV instead of on Switch, I, I'm not sure if anyone's really thinking that way, but um, have either of you had an experience like that? I mean, I think of when I played Celeste, a lot of the time is just going back and forth between handheld and TV, but I definitely liked playing that game in handheld way, way more, just because that game is a little bit of beating your head against the wall a lot of the time of just trying to get past certain parts and just popping your Switch open just to kind of give a, a level a couple extra tries and then putting it down very easily. Uh, was a was a huge, 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 huge part to that. So that's that's where I would kind of compare with the whole handheld aspect, where something something that it can be more digestible, more bite sized, versus something like near. I don't think I would have that experience because that's a more narrative focus, and I would just want to be there with it. Uh huh. And I also would want it to look the best it possibly could, or not like the absolute best, the best at my you know the 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 most reach I would have, which would be like I'd get it on PlayStation Five. At this point, here's what I'll say about Nier on Switch. Mm-hmm. Even I've seen plenty of videos where it's like Nier RTX maxed out settings. It's not an impressive looking game. It's ma- it's mainly driven by by its art style, which is pretty simple. Like it's not like the highest texture game that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so it's not like I, I was trying to, I was trying to translate God of War to the Switch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter, do you think you'd be playing Mario 64 if you couldn't just pick up your Switch and No, that's the entire reason as to why I've been playing it. If I was like, oh, you want to go out on the TV and play Super Mario 64? Like, no, I don't. But if I'm ever like waking up and I don't feel like getting up yet, or if I'm going to bed, but I'm not all that tired, but I know I'm in bed for the night, I'll just play a couple levels of, you know, get a couple stars and do Mario 64. You wouldn't want your roommate to watch you play Mario 64? 
okay, here's something I've I thought I knew about myself, and then I really learned that I knew about myself. Oh, okay. Since moving out of the family home and moving in here. I don't like people being in the room with me when I'm playing single player games. I don't like it. I think I agree. Okay. Um, I want to focus on the experience. I want to focus on the single one-on-one experience and then someone else is there and they're either asking questions or they're commenting on it or they're having an entirely other conversation. And I don't want to say they're wrong or rude or any of those negative connotations for doing that, but that's not the experience I'm looking for when I'm when I'm playing a single-player game. Like, Mark, I don't know if you know this, or since you moved back, you'd come down to the basement a lot and I would just pause what I'm doing and I would wait to continue until you left. And I was never like, I wasn't trying to be passive-aggressive. It's just like, I want to focus on this. No, I think you're being passive aggressive. Do you really think that works? Passive aggressiveness, just a little. A little bit. Well, then, fine, whatever. That's my cross to carry, you know. But like, I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just like I'm trying to. I I don't, I don't know if it's I'm trying to focus. Just like I want this to be an A and B experience. Just me and this. And then they'll be like, "Oh, that looks cool. Oh, that was weird. Oh, what was that?" It's like I don't know. I don't care. Stop well, asking. I also, just... I say this with the most affection, is that you you have a roommate who would ask about every I, no, I, single No, it's element. not would. He, he has. He <laughs> has. On several occasions with God of War, it was going on, and then I beat the game in the middle of the night. Like, I wasn't going to make a scene about it, but it's just like, a, okay, we're about to get to a much more serious you know, story beat. I don't need to hear about what the actual Norse mythology was and the comparisons to what God of War did. Great that you know. I didn't ask, and I never will. Um, You're a more educated individual for knowing these things. You're more cultured. I don't give a flying fuck, Mark. I don't care. (gasps) You care about culture? Wow, that is a Fox News answer. That's a Fox News question if I've ever heard it. Peter what? doesn't care about culture, though. The, the, if anything has been established through 95 episodes. I like pancakes, so you hate waffles. That's what you just did. Um, you like pancakes? Mark, I Mark, prefer Mark, them over to waffles. Get, get this. So me and uh-huh. Peter both both watching this Double Fine documentary that I feel it's your duty to watch. Uh-huh. It's uh, so it's 32 hours long, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, you're well, it's 22 hours, 32 episodes. Oh, it's, uh, it's okay, too long. okay. Okay, okay, okay. That's um better. but you are inside the building for 7 years of development of this game. Mm-hmm. It's it's really incredible. I I am absolutely loving it. I am as well. Um but but to illustrate Peter's hatred of culture, they have. Do you know what Amnesia Fortnite is? That double. How is he going to know this? Amnesia Fortnite. No. What? What are we talking about? Every few years, they take two weeks out of what they are working on, and they do a game jam where uh, they pick four games to greenlight they split off into four different teams and then by the end of the two weeks they have to have a game to show. And it, it's like done online, which is why it was possible that you would have known what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have episodes about this and it relates to the development of Psychonauts 2. P- 
Peter just decided, like, oh, I don't want to watch episodes about this. So he just skipped them. Why? Just skipped the episodes. In my mind, it came off as, like, filler in an anime. And I found myself <laughs> getting burned out on this documentary that I very much want to see further on. And it just seemed like, oh, okay. Because they basically made it clear, like, yeah, we're not going to be working on Psychonauts 2 in this episode. So it's like, okay, well, then I'm just going to go watch you guys work on that more. I and I just think we should respect it's an hour and five minutes. It's an hour and five minutes. This thing's already really fucking long. I'm not saying like this thing sucks. It's so stupid. Why would they do this? I regret watching. Well, this, th- this is just a trend with saying. you. You are not talking. I am talking. You are not doing five. this to me. You are not doing this to me. I because again, you just be like, oh, you're, well, you're a fucking Marvel brain simpleton. I'm a fucking intellect. I like better call Saul. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck you. Like I don't give a shit. I, I don't mean any disrespect with skipping this. I don't see myself. I don't know. If I will definitively finish this documentary and I want to get as far into it as I can until I lose interest. And that, and with that, I want to consume as much of the shit I actually care about because a documentary this long, that hour and five minutes could be two future episodes. I don't end up watching because I get burnt out. So I'm trying to think of the long game and how my brain works. Just Death of connection. Fi- just take your fucking action figures and slam them together. And you got a thing. Here to do. I know I'm dumb. <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, they they put this together for our for our viewing pleasure, and it should be respected. It shouldn't be. You sound like Dan Riker. Oh, they made they worked on the game. They made all no, the content. No, I no, should play. I no. should consume it. They made it, so I should consume. No, consume right. That's what you want everyone what, to do with this fucking consumer what capitalist. What you're fucking... referencing is fucking Dan Riker interacting with every tutorial bot in. Well, they Fucking made it, rush. so that means we should no. consume it, right? No, 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 no. Throw in one more no. I don't know. I don't. I, you're being a bit mixed here. No. I think that it should just be respected, and the whole idea of like, well, I know what I want to see. It it just leads to the the bubble getting. No, the bubble just stays the oh, same size. I don't so you're just you more Twitter. and more comfortable. I don't follow you on Twitter. I don't care what you think. You know, I don't need your thoughts. I don't need your <laughs> <Okay>. opinions. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, any other thoughts on on where we play games, how we play games? Uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a lighter topic, but I don't know. We've been going long. It's no so. one to your bullshit. I know that, but I still thought it was good. Mark. Uh, um. I just like, I mean, I guess I can't really ask this question to Peter, but PC gaming, because you mentioned playing on a TV versus handheld, but what, does that do anything for you? It Owen? does. It means I don't play them. Ah. <laughs> I look at. Case closed. <laughs> I look at my Steam library frequently, and every once in a while, I'll start up a new, like, PC playthrough of, of Fallout New Vegas, and then I don't continue it. Um. Uh-huh. Because I don't want to play games on my laptop. Uh, that That is the one certainty here. Will I one day play Half-Life 1 slash Black Mesa? Yes, I will. I don't know what it's going to take for me to motivate myself to uh, perhaps, play it Perhaps Game laptop. Club. Game Club could no, be. No, because Peter will never play a PC game, nor does he really have the means to. 
Yeah, I could b- let him borrow my laptop. I, I mean, could let you borrow my laptop, Peter. A game I would like, do that. Yeah, well, why no. not? It, it just it just wouldn't happen, Mark. You God, you, you know, a dumb fucker, dude. I think I could just set it up. His action figures. I'm together. just banging my action <laughs> figures and just sucking on a rock. What kind of rock? No, that's Granite. not a question. Sure. This has been enough. What the? What was that? <laughs> what, no, can we listen to that? He would he just said that's not a question. You get to determine that now. What was that? Yeah, because we have to end this episode. And Mark, he thinks your he thinks your content isn't as good as his content. If he has a thought, he's gonna say it. But mm-hmm. you you can wait. Put it put it on the fridge. We'll I wonder. I, I genuinely wonder if listeners think we hate each other. I wonder. I just you know your brain is so fucking big because you're just so goddamn smart. And I just I worry. I worry for you. I worry for your condition that you're going to develop because your intelligence is just so fucking vast. You if know? if you're a listener thinking this at home, the answer is yes. Owen and Mark don't like each other. I like everyone. Right, well, Peter. For the record, Owen and I have done more episodes together than you and Owen have. Me or maybe and, we're me tied. And Peter, now. We me just and tied. Have done two. And, and we've done two. Okay, well, I can't use that anymore. Well, oh Thanks. boy, this friendship is could go Ooh. either way. Mm-hmm. I've never missed an episode. Because it doesn't physically happen without you. Also, Mark, I did check this. Uh, on the, uh, the Spotify description for our podcast, I don't know when he added it, but he added that it's hosted by the three of us, and then produced by him. Because let's make sure his name shows up twice and everyone knows well, do, do well, you how much him? hard work no. Do you produce the, the show? There was, there was actual reasoning for that. but and, and, and not that this directly led to my job. But I work in production. Did you bring this up in your interview? Yes. Did he listen to an episode and go, Oh, 13 Sentinels does sound like a really weird game. I highly Dude, I doubt hope. it. But I but wish. I, I they do get naked in the robots? I'm like, yeah, I know, right? I I I hope employers don't ultimately listen to it. But Boy, uh, that would really fucking shoot you in the back, wouldn't it? I do use it as a thing of like, oh hey, like I've produced like almost a hundred episodes of this podcast. It should be like is funny, Mark Gorski. So then Mark also has another Another thing for him. Um, yeah, and the credits just put funny Mark Orsky. You're like, that's that's what you're getting at. Well, yeah, you're getting there. there is going to be funny in this podcast. I'm credited for funny on the yeah, cre- yeah. My Gaming Podcast. Um, well, we all know how important credits are. Some, well, some <laughs> people don't. I mean, I sure wish I had a video game credit after working in the games industry for five years. But you, you know. didn't commit. You're not a loyalist, mm-hmm. all right. You're just a fucking Mark, scab. If you wanted to, that's a joke. Create a video game that me and Peter in any way kind of assist with, I would be okay with you getting the only credit. And then oh. once your games as a service hits a billion kajillion dollars, keep us in mind when you know you're just swimming in cash. Or when the games as a service only brings like a couple hundred thousand people to the game, so they shut it down, and then your work is never there, and no one will ever know it existed. We're all going to die one day, everyone. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. BNY Gaming Podcast. <laughs> episode, uh, it's 95, isn't it? 
I'm, 95. I'm, so, I'm so confused because 94 was it didn't happen it, it, it didn't come out <laughs> owen went on that owen went on that one tirade that you're not supposed to go on on podcast we're like this can never see the light of day um okay <laughs> goodbye everyone this is goodbye goodbye play fire emblem cage guys